Hello and welcome to the 80s Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Havens. Thank you for listening today. One of the things that I love to do is to introduce listeners to movies they barely know if they've ever even heard of them at all. And today I'm going to introduce you to a movie from 1987 that was distributed by Universal Studios that I can practically guarantee you've never heard of. Andy Anderson's Positive ID. Positive ID. Every victim fantasizes about revenge, but some victims are not as helpless as they appear. We have an update on the Julie Kenner story of last May. As you'll recall, Ms. Kenner, a Fort Worth housewife, was the victim of a brutal rape. The subsequent trial of her accused rapist was the focal point for both media coverage and public outcry. Well, tonight, News Center 7 has learned that attorneys for Vincent Stefano have reached a plea bargain arrangement with prosecutors that may have Stefano serving only seven months on charges of simple assault before being eligible for parole in mid-February. There must have been one point where you liked it. How did it feel? How did that feel? Did you like that? You were a victim once. Don't let yourself become one again. Determined to make her attacker pay for his crime, she sets out to find him, changing her identity. Have a seat. We'll call you when your license is ready. To become the perfect bait. So, uh, you a working girl? Is she strong enough to carry out her revenge? Are you coming in? If you'd like. Or will she become a victim again? I have something for you. Hey, sweetheart. Don't I know you from somewhere? A chilling film named one of the year's ten best by the Boston Herald. Positive ID. Another thing I love to do on this show is to map out just how much the movie industry has changed since the end of the 1980s, and Positive ID is another great example of that change. But before we get to the movie, let's take a moment to get to know Andy Anderson. If you don't know the name Andy Anderson, there's a very good reason why. Born in July of 1946, Andy Anderson made his way into the film industry as a production assistant and assistant director on a number of small independent film projects shot in and around the Dallas-Fort Worth-Arlington area in the 1970s, where he eventually would find full-time employment as a film professor at the University of Texas at Arlington. In the early 1980s, he would oversee the production of a low-budget science fiction horror movie being made by one of his students called Interface. The film was about a group of strange beings at a master computer control room who used their equipment to kill people by remote control. Very progressive in an era when most people didn't even have a home computer yet. Except the student directing the film was having trouble keeping the project together and Anderson would step in to finish the project when the younger filmmaker quit in frustration. Interface would play at a few second-tier film festivals and eventually be picked up by Vestron Home Video and released directly to VHS in 1986. About the only people who have even heard or seen Interface are Lou Diamond Phillip completionists, for this was the actor's first movie in which he plays a character simply known as Punk Number 1. But it got the juices flowing in Andy Anderson to make his own movie. And like Alex Cox would do with two of his late career movies, as we discussed at the end of our recent episode about his 1987 movie Walker, Anderson would use some of his students as crew members on his film. Anderson figured he would need about $200,000 to make his movie. And he would quit his job, sell his house, sell his car, 
empty out his savings account and max out all of his credit cards, which only got him to about $100,000. He would borrow the remaining money he needed from friends, family, and some local investors. Positive ID would tell the story of Julie Kenner, a housewife from Dallas who was having trouble shaking off the horror of having been raped a year earlier. When Julie learns her attacker is about to be freed on parole after only seven months into a two-year plea deal sentence, she finds a series of legal loopholes to help her create a whole new identity, that of a slutty barfly from Florida who will be irresistible to her attacker. For the role of Julie, Anderson would cast a new actress named Stephanie Rasco, for whom Positive ID would be her very first acting credit. For many of the actors cast, it would either be their first or second film acting role, as several of the pleading roles would be cast with actors from Interface. Anderson would not only write and direct the film, he would also be the sole producer, and he would share editing duties with Bob Castaldo, one of Anderson's students who was also one of nine editors on Interface. Production would begin in the Dallas-Fort Worth area on July 2, 1985, and would be finished six weeks later. For the Kenner family home, Anderson was able to get one of the local real estate developers to allow them to shoot in one of the model homes for a week. Anderson would use a recently shuttered bar in a soon-to-be-demolished building for the scenes where Julie would find her way into the life of her attacker. To keep production costs down, all of the actors wore their own clothes and provided a number of their own props, like televisions and computers. The actors and crew would defer a portion of their salaries for a percentage of potential profits, while Anderson would not pay himself at all. The film would have its world premiere at the Boston Film Festival on September 17, 1986, and would also play at the Fort Lauderdale International Film Festival the then-U.S. Film Festival, now better known as Sundance, the new director's new film series at New York City's Lincoln Center, the AFI Film Festival in Los Angeles, and several other major festivals over the next eight months. The reception and reactions to the film were so strong on the festival circuit that Universal Studios would pick the film up for distribution and set an October 23, 1987 release date. Universal would not spend a whole lot of money on advertising the film, buying only half-page ads in the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times, and completely ignoring television and radio ads, they would open the film on 10 screens in six cities, in a number of prestigious theaters including the AMC Century 14 in Century City, the Cineplex Beverly Center in Los Angeles, the Cineplex Universal City Cinemas just outside the studio's theme park, and the Sutton Theater in New York City with plans to expand the movie into a wider release, if the film performed well. But the grosses would not be encouraging, hitting just $31,358 in the first three days. In its second week, it would lose half of its screens and see its weekend gross drop to just $9,288. And it would be all over for the film right there. Universal stopped reporting grosses after just 10 days, and only $56,456 in ticket sales. More than one critic would point out the tonal, if not thematic, similarities to another recently released low-budget independent Texas-shot neo-noir crime film, Joel and Ethan Cohen's Blood Simple. 
It's, it's not exactly an unfair comparison, but it's not exactly a bullseye either. Blood Simple is a far more darker comedy than Positive ID, and thanks to the brilliant cinematography of Barry Sonnenfeld, a far better looking film. After the film's relative box office disappointment, Anderson would go back to teaching at UTA, eventually working his way up to becoming the chairman of the Department of Art and Art History, where he would continue to work until he retired in 2011. Andy Anderson would pass away at his home in Fort Worth on March 17, 2017, having only made two other films. Drive-By Shooting, a 1995 documentary about two months' worth of crimes in the Fort Worth area, and Detention, a 1998 drama about a substitute teacher who takes his unruly class hostage to teach them a lesson. As of this episode's writing, in November of 2022, you cannot find Positive ID on any streaming service. Even through Peacock, the streaming service owned and operated by Comcast, the owners of Universal Studios, who distributed the movie. There is a copy of the film online from a not 100% legal movie streaming website operated by a group of IT college students that love watching movies, which isn't all that hard to find. Or you can order a DVD or a Blu-ray copy of the film from oldies.com, who Universal has hired to operate their print-on-demand vault series. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk again soon. Remember to visit this episode's page on our website, the80smoviepodcast.com, for extra materials about Positive ID. The 80s Movie Podcast has been researched, written, narrated and edited by Edward Havens for Idiosyncratic Entertainment. Thank you again. Good night. <laughs>